And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General, recording on Sunday night after what has been a frustrating game week for a lot of managers. After a nice run of green arrows, I'm staring at a big fat red one tonight. The best thing to do after a bad one is to focus on the next one. The Champions League returns this week, so avoid making those rage transfers that are tempting you until we have all the information we need on Friday. The Game Week 14 deadline is Saturday morning, so there will be another podcast on Friday afternoon after the press conferences to get you up to speed on everything that happens between now and then. In this episode, I'll do a very, very, very quick Game Week review update the watch list, answer questions from Twitter and take a look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 14. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pods to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A quick review of Game Week 13. There is one game to go on Monday night, which is West Ham and Bournemouth. I don't have any fixtures in that one, so it's going to be more punishment there for me. Transfer was Trossard to Foden, like a lot of people. I think almost 1 million managers made that move. Typical FPL, Pep benches Foden, he gets one point. We all knew Trossard was going to score after that Foden benching. I decided against the Zaha to sack a minus four, thankfully. I was very close to taking that minus four on Friday. I just decided I would wait and use the free transfer instead this week. So there is a good chance that move will be happening this week, but I'll come back to that in the transfer section of the pod. The only players who got me points, Captain Haaland with 26 and Mitrovic got a goal for a six-pointer. All nine other players blanked. And just to rub salt in the wound, Andreas for sub with a 10-pointer, and Nico Williams stuck as third sub. So I think Andreas and Nico on the bench kind of summed up the game week for a lot of managers. I finished on 47 points, which has me dropping from about 550k down to around 700k. And again, that'll probably drop maybe another 50,000 after the West Ham game. So it's been a really challenging season so far. Short-term goal now is to get three green arrows before the World Cup break, get back inside the top 500k and hopefully higher, and then come back and smash the second half of the campaign. I'm still kind of thinking, I didn't really set any goals at the start of the season, but where I am now going to be quite tricky to get a top 10k finish. I was looking at my history a couple of days ago and if I can manage to get top 50k that would be my 10th top 50k finish. So that's kind of a goal in the back of my mind that I'd like to aim for and I still think it's very much achievable even from 7 or 800k at this stage. There's only about 50, I think it's 54 points between where I am now to the top 50k. So no matter where you are in the rankings there's a long way to go and it's still bunched up. I think it's probably more bunched up 
at this stage of the season than I've ever seen it before. You know, one or two good game weeks, you can really fly up those rankings. So don't lose hearts. I know a lot of people are struggling this season. A lot of content creators are struggling as well. But keep the faith. The ranks are still bunched up. And again, like I said, we've most of us have a lot of chips to play second half of the season as well. So hopefully we'll make up those points on those ahead of us after Christmas. No new members to the 59th Minute Club this week. Just a few notable mentions. Mark Kukurea at Chelsea, who I mentioned last week, just about got to 60 minutes, got himself the clean sheet points. This week he starts and Graham Potter takes him off after 35 minutes. That was a painful one for those who owned him, just a one-pointer. Just a player I think we need to avoid in FPL now. Also, Ryan Sessegnon at Tottenham, just about made it to 60 minutes, but... Got a yellow card beforehand, conceded two goals and got himself a big fat zero in that game. And also Jadon Sancho, just 51 minutes for Manchester United. He's already in the 59th minute club and he's not getting as much game time as we would expect. On to a watch list update. The players removed following game week 13. Mark Gahey at Crystal Palace. He's kind of been on and off the watch list a few times now. That 3-0 defeat is kind of the final nail in the coffin for me when it comes to Crystal Palace defenders. Really don't get why Vieira sets up with basically five attackers and one holding midfielder. And it was Milivojevic this week, which doesn't inspire you with confidence defensively. So I just think that Crystal Palace back four doesn't get much protection from midfield. And I think they'll continue to concede goals for that reason. So, Gahey's cheap, but he's not getting the points. So, I'm going to avoid him. Perisic is also gone on the bench again, like Matt Doherty was, who was in my team. Perisic, like Kukurea, just a very frustrating FPL asset. The fact that he had his bench in now, maybe he will get two, maybe even three starts between now and the World Cup. But for me, Champions League is still an issue as well. So, Perisic, probably what I'm going to come back to in the new year after the World Cup because he's been pretty frustrating so far. We had high hope for him as an FPL prospect, but it just hasn't worked out. Hyungman's son at Tottenham also gone from the watch list. Another poor Tottenham performance, and I just don't see myself spending that kind of money on Son before the break. If I want a Spurs attacker, it's going to be Harry Kane. Players added to the watch list. Manchester United's Luke Shaw. He's been back in the team for five or six weeks now, ahead of Malasia at left-back. He does well in the bonus point system, as does Dallow on the other side. So I think Dallow might be 4.6. He's already on the watch list. Luke Shaw is also an option now at 4.7. Obviously got the World Cup coming up as well, so he's putting in good performances before that. Trossards sold him before the game week, and I've added him straight back to the watches because we know he's a good pick. And I'm sure he'll be in our teams again at some point. If not, in the next three game weeks, we'll probably be looking at him when it comes to unlimited transfers for game week 17. So Trossard is back in my thoughts. Anthony Gordon, who I went for, I think on a wild card or shortly before the wild card around game week 8. Didn't work out very well then, but good to see him back in the goals. And he had some other decent chances in that game as well. Calvert-Lewin also added from Everton. Good to see him get back-to-back starts. Fitness is starting to improve as well. He's going to probably make a late dash also for that World Cup squad, so he'll be determined to impress over these next three fixtures. If you're looking for a differential striker, Calvert-Lewin could be someone to look at. Do you trust the fitness? That is the big question. Final two players added are from Leicester City. 4-0 win for the Foxes. Madison, after his suspension, 
Most of us wish we didn't have to sell him because then we would have had those points this week. So thank you again, James, for getting that yellow card when we didn't need it. But good to see him in the goals again. And again, Manchester City next, I think it is, for Leicester. But game week 15 and 16, I think some people will go back to Madison. And Barnes has been doing really well last four or five game weeks as well. So if you can't quite afford the cash for Madison, I do think Madison is the best Leicester midfielder to go for. But if budget is an issue, Harvey Barnes is looking good. Also, Leicester seem to have turned the corner. Danny Ward has been frustrating the life out of me the last couple of game weeks. I had him first three game weeks, one point, one point, one point. Any question I've had about Danny Ward over the last few weeks about do I start Ward or do I start X keeper? I always say never start Danny Ward. And he's got four clean sheets in the last five games. He is the most frustrating player in FPL for me this season and I really hope those clean sheets stop soon because I can't take any more of the pain. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Question time now. The first one this week is from FPL Jugs. Is it time to sell Salah? Surely form over fixture has to come into consideration. Selling for Saka this week and spreading the cash. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Salah is not a good FPL asset. I think we've probably known that for a couple of weeks now. I think it did make sense to bring him in and captain him last week when we didn't have Haaland. Obviously, that didn't work out. And then Liverpool failed to score against Nottingham Forest, which I don't think any of us seen that one coming. One of those odd results that you don't expect to see. But lots of changes from Jurgen Klopp. Lots of injury issues. You know, No Darwin, no Thiago, no Jota. Uh, and defensive issues as well. So Salah is not the player he once was as an FPL prospect. Hopefully he'll come back into form at some point. But looking at the next three game weeks, it's hard to justify the cash. Now he's in my team and he's probably going to stay there, not because I want him to stay there, but I think it probably makes sense to make transfers elsewhere. I'll talk about Salah versus selling Zaha in the transfer section later. You know, you could sell Salah and free up the cash but the question is where do you spend the cash there's not a huge amount of high performing expensive assets out there at the moment you know Kane's delivering every week but Tottenham are not playing great so I'm kind of reluctant to go there elsewhere you know Bruno Sterling Son can you really back those guys to deliver week after week at the moment not really so you know apart from Haaland certainly cash doesn't seem to be an issue at the moment in FPL so I think for that reason Salah will probably stay for me and I'll probably just sell a cheaper asset this week to get an Arsenal player so the question was what about selling Salah for Saka I think that's fine but I think what I'm probably going to do is sell the Crystal Palace man instead I just think I've got more faith in you know even though Liverpool haven't been great I've probably got more faith in them as a team than I do Crystal Palace Zaha's quite frustrating. We know that over the last couple of years in FPL. I didn't like 
One thing I didn't like about that game, watching the highlights, was when he barged into the back of Anthony Gordon, you know, letting his frustration get the better of him. He got a yellow card. On another day, Zaha goes in a bit more aggressively there and gets sent off. So there's always that concern with Zaha as well. So I'm probably going to lose him this week, which was the initial plan. But people in other scenarios, I think it's absolutely fine to sell Salah for Saka. You know, take the prices out of it. Saka, at the moment, is a much better FPL pick. So Salah to Saka as a free transfer makes a lot of sense, especially when Saka's got Nottingham Forest this game week. So like I said, I wouldn't stop anyone from selling Salah. Question from Andy Mack. Would you rather have Andreas Pereira or Miguel Almiron as your fifth midfielder? Good question. I've had Pereira all season and it's been another very frustrating aspect of the season that you know we, we have this really good first substitute in Andreas Pereira. He's very often my first sub as he was this week. But there's very, I think only once or twice this season have I needed an auto sub. So basically if you've got a pretty template starting 11 there's been very few players that have completely missed out and got zero minutes and that's you know the five substitutions we kind of expected that that even if one of your assets doesn't start they're probably going to come on we've seen that with Trent Alexander-Arnold in this game week so Pereira is a fantastic FPL asset but the frustrating thing is we're not benefiting or at least myself and a lot of managers are not getting those points when he gets them because all of our starting 11 are getting minutes so he is good enough to be a fourth midfielder or a fifth midfielder in a 3-5-2 formation. So never have any concerns about starting Andreas. We've got you know six attacking returns now in game week 13. So he's a great pick. You kind of forget about his price. And then Miguel Almiron, what a season he's having. He's now got more FPL points than Mohamed Salah. He's extremely cheap. He's playing for a very good Newcastle team. Six goals, playing with a lot of confidence. I think if it was a straight shootout for me for a fourth midfielder or a fifth midfielder, I want the goal scorer. You know, he's got the six goals, Almiron. So I think I would go there. Andreas Pereira's got one goal, five assists. And when it's a close decision, you know, who's the better team, Fulham or Newcastle? I think it's safe to say it's Newcastle. Although Fulham are pretty good in attack, but I'm always going to back Newcastle to be more consistent than Fulham. Also, Andreas, in terms of fixtures, Fulham have Manchester City and Manchester United before the World Cup, whereas Almiron has Southampton and Aston Villa next. So to me, all the arrows are pointing towards Almiron. If you have Andreas Pereira, absolutely fine, you keep him. But if you're looking for a new player and you're starting 11 and you're trying to decide between the two, I think Almiron is the one to go for. I've got triple Newcastle defence, so there's no chance of me getting him in anytime soon. So I just got to watch and admire his goals and his performances from afar. Question from DB. Is it better to avoid Foden completely to avoid Pep Roulette. So, yeah, very frustrating for those of us who brought Foden in for the most recent game week to see him benched. You just never know with Pep. It was surprising. I think most of us would have predicted Foden to start that game. But now that he's had his rest, again, I always look at these rests kind of in a positive light. If you own the player, the rest is out of the way now. Yes, they've still got a few Champions League games, but hopefully he'll get reduced minutes in those games as well in the final two rounds of fixtures. I wouldn't avoid Foden. I still think he's one of the best picks in the game this season. And don't let the one bench and put you off, especially if you, if you don't own him yet. To me, if I didn't have him last week and he got his bench, I would actually be more inclined to buy him this week now than I would be to avoid Pep Roulette. Fixtures is a big one for Manchester City, Leicester, Fulham and Brentford. Next three games before the break. You're going to want to own three City players for that run. You've got Haaland. I think you need Foden. 
If you've got De Bruyne, great, you just keep him. And you could even triple up on those three attackers. So yeah, I would not avoid Foden. If you don't have him, I would be looking to bring him in this week. Question from Matt Parsons. I've got two Arsenal players, Martinelli and Saka. Keen to get a third one. Would you go for Jesus or a goalkeeper slash defensive option? So yeah, I still think Saka and Martinelli are the best two. The question is, who do you go for the third one? My preference is Jesus, but budget reasons will make that tricky for a lot of squads. If budget is not an issue, let's say you are selling Salah or you don't have Salah, you probably do have funds. So I like the attack and triple up for this Nottingham Forest fixture. It's Chelsea after that, which is not great, but then it's Wolves in the final game before the break. So I like Jesus. He's been quiet recently, but his ownership has probably come down quite a bit because of that as well. So you could get in you know, before others. If, if you get Jesus for the Nottingham Forest game and he does well, a lot of people are going to eye him up then for that Wolves game in Game Week 16. So if you can get to Jesus easily this week, and you already have Saka and Martinelli. I think he's the one I would go for. If not, Ramsdale's absolutely fine. But you're probably not looking to make a goalkeeper transfer. Depending on who you have. Unless you have an absolutely rubbish goalkeeper. Um, you might want to make that switch. But otherwise, it probably makes more sense to make a defensive transfer. So bring in someone like Ben White or Saliba or Gabriel. That's on my mind too. I'm probably going to get Saka this week. But another uh, option for me is keep Salah, keep Zaha avoid Saka and make my defence a little bit stronger because I've got Doherty who's a rotation risk although I could just start Botman this week who's got a good fixture against Aston Villa but the other option is sell Doherty or sell Botman and I could get an Arsenal defender so I could go that way I could also sell Tony for Jesus so I can basically go any route here I can get Saka, I can get Jesus or I can get a defender this week but I am leaning towards Saka but I am going to give those other two spots more thought throughout this week Question from Anishetri. Should I start considering adding a Leicester defender? They've got four clean sheets and five, which is pretty impressive. However, are their next fixtures considerably more difficult? So yeah, again, looking at the fixture ticker, now is probably not the time to buy a Leicester defender. We've missed the boat there. Well done if you kept the faith in Ward or you jumped on him on your wildcard to save funds. Manchester City next. You don't want Ward, really, or a City defender for that one. Although, I'm just thinking, I've seen a few people tweeting about it. If Danny Ward somehow keeps Haaland scoreless and keeps Manchester City scoreless, I actually think I might just quit the FPL next week. If I see a nil-nil for Leicester or a Leicester win, that is going to push me over the edge because more than likely going to captain Haaland. So let's hope Danny Ward does not do any heroics next game week. Manchester City next for Leicester. Then it's Everton and West Ham. So I'm going to go out and say zero clean sheets for Leicester in the next three games. City are going to score. The Everton and West Ham games are both away. So Everton are doing okay right now. Fancy them to score at Goodison Park against Leicester. And then it's West Ham. You've got Bowen, you've got Skamaka, you've got good players on the pitch there. So let's reevaluate that once the World Cup break comes. I'm predicting zero clean sheets for Danny Ward in the next three. And that's more in hope than anything else. Question from FPL Canadian. Who is the third best defender to own with Cancelo and Trippier being the consensus picks one and two? I think the obvious place to go for a third defender now is Arsenal, the ones I mentioned. 
Ben White for the value. Good to see him getting an assist as well. And then Saliba and Gabriel are always goal threats from set pieces also. So Cancelo, Trippier and an Arsenal defender I think makes the most sense. Although I'm going to give a notable mention here to Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know he hasn't been great this season, but given that it's only three weeks to the World Cup break... Two of those Liverpool fixtures are Leeds and Southampton, and I think both of those games are at home. So I can see Trent getting some kind of points in those. He looked good when he came on, a couple of chances created, and he, he had a very good chance to score a header, which was saved you know, straight at the goalkeeper. So Trent, always potential there for points, and I still don't mind him as a short-term punt for three game weeks. Question from Elder Hallow. Is it worth a sneaky Zaha to Almiron move instead of Saka. Like I said, I can't do that. But if I if I wasn't already tripled up on Newcastle, it would be on my mind. You know, sometimes you gotta forget about stats, you gotta forget about algorithms, and you just gotta look at a player full of confidence, you know, and a team playing really, really well. You know, Bruno Gamares has been one of the most impressive players for me this season. And when he's in the engine room, those attackers are always going to have chances. And Bruno and Almiron seem to have a really good relationship. Quite often it's it's Bruno that is playing Almiron in for those chances. He's just absolutely flying. And again, forget about FPL prices. He's flying. Newcastle are flying. He's a really good pick. So I think Zaha to Almiron is absolutely fine on current information. But I'm still going to go ahead with a Saka move. And I, I think that would be the case... Even if I didn't have triple Newcastle, I've always wanted Saka back as soon as possible. I wanted him back last week, so I was quite grateful that he didn't get points this week. I was grateful that he got the yellow card because I didn't own him. But I do want to just get him straight back in now, which was always the plan. So I still think Saka is a better FPL asset than Almiron. But if you're feeling the Miggy love, absolutely go for it. Because he's probably going to just continue scoring. Question from Fabian. Is Madison back on the menu? Yes, not this week. I don't love it for a transfer this week because it's Man City and I'm always going to back the Manchester City defence. Although Madison is very capable of getting points in that game. It's after that. If you want a short term, game week 15, game week 16, I like Everton and West Ham for James Madison. So he certainly is back as an option. And final question, which will bring me into the captaincy conversation from James is Haaland immune to the early kickoff curse? So, as Mahatma Gandhi once said, you should never back the early kickoff. And that's often the case with captaincy. A lot of people, a lot of FPL managers will not captain in the first game of the game week because they think if he blanks, my weekend's ruined. And I just have to watch the red arrow most likely, you know, develop Saturday afternoon, Sunday, and Monday evening as well. Put that out of your head. It's Erling Haaland. If anyone can break the early kickoff curse, it is the machine, the points machine, the goals machine that is Erling Haaland. So hopefully he doesn't get too many minutes midweek Champions League. Hopefully he gets a rest and he's nice and fresh for the afternoon. Hopefully he gets a good sleep Friday night, some pasta at about 8 in the morning on Saturday. And then he's good to go at half 12 and bang in another hat trick. So yeah, don't let the early kickoff put you off captaining one of the best FPL assets we've ever had. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking at the captaincy in a bit more detail, I do think Haaland is the standout choice, as he always is for me these days. Leicester away, you could consider De Bruyne or Foden, and you know Champions League minutes might impact your thinking there. But I just think auto captain Haaland for me is what I'm going to be doing. Elsewhere, if you do want to do something different, Arsenal are at home to Nottingham Forest. You've got Saka, Martinelli and Jesus as captaincy options in that one. Harry Kane, Mr. Consistent, is away to Bournemouth. Mitrovic is at home to Everton. And Salah, I was going to say, is a captaincy option. But I don't think he is anymore. I don't think you can you know, back Salah as captain anymore over a Haaland or over an Arsenal player when they're playing Nottingham Forest. Salah's got leads at home. I prefer Darwin as a captain in that game if you're looking for a Liverpool captaincy this weekend and obviously only if we get positive news on Darwin's fitness. So Salah no longer a captaincy candidate for me. Erling Haaland will get the armband against Leicester. In terms of potential transfers, I'm not going to be making any moves until at least Thursday night, most likely Friday night after the press conferences. Zaha to Saka for the Forest game is most likely what's going to happen. Was close to doing that for a hit last week. There's also an argument to be made for selling Salah instead of Zaha to free up funds, but I'm probably not going to do that. And then Tony to Jesus is something I'm going to think about this week as well, but I probably won't do that for a hit if I buy Saka. So looks like Zaha to Saka will be my move on Friday night, but let's see if anything changes with the European games midweek. Have a good week, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday to preview Game Week 14 in more detail. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get extra podcasts, live streams, and a team reveal before each deadline. Talk to you soon, folks. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.